All right, everybody, this week's episode of Run Past Michigan is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Michigan, Michigan State, football, basketball, whatever sport <laughs> ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers and shows you all the best last-minute deals with, up, with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Uh, the app itself, uh, the highlight feature of the app is your ability to see where you're going to sit before you buy it. So there's in-app panoramic views of uh, every seat in every stadium, uh, whether it be college basketball, college football, NFL, any pro sport, it's all there. Uh, you can buy tickets in two taps, of course. That's another signature of the app. Also, uh, concert and music, theater tickets, everything else you can want in there. So head to the App Store or the Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. We want the Big Ten Championship, and we're going to win it as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. When the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Run Past Michigan, our RPM podcast here on The Athletic. It's our Tuesday show, our free show. I am Nick Baumgartner, along with Austin Meek. We are in a blizzard here in Ann Arbor. <laughs> Whiteout conditions Whiteout outside conditions. the window. <laughs> November 11th, for the record uh, here, uh, and this will air Tuesday, but uh, yeah, we were not expecting. I, I wasn't prepared for this. I don't know <laughs> if anyone else was, but uh, quite, quite a day here. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I knew this was coming, but uh, it kind of caught me by surprise this yeah. morning. I was thinking maybe like an inch or two, yeah, and right. uh, like not three six. inches and counting yeah, right, right now. Yeah. <laughs> So in any event, it still is Michigan-Michigan State week, albeit a little later than most are used to. I've gotten a few comments about that this year, that when they played Notre Dame, that felt like kind of the time of year that normally they would play Michigan State. But in any event, Michigan-Michigan State on Saturday at noon here in Ann Arbor, uh, we spoke with Jim Harbaugh and selected players today, and the coach, as normal, is uh, buttoned up Yeah. this week. Uh, he's always kind of buttoned up, but for the most, this game uh, in particular, this is his this has been pretty par for the course, and I think maybe even a little more so today than I've than I've seen from here. We got a nice little digression on the pregame field etiquette and the rules yes, around that. Uh, two hours before the game, <laughs> yeah. I guess, is the rule when That's you can come on the out. field. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, not not really much uh, much at all to say about uh, Michigan State. I believe he called Mark D'Antonio a master motivator. He did. Uh, yeah, he, you you followed up on that. I thought it was a good follow up that he didn't really he didn't really go he there. Didn't go but there, yeah. uh, clearly, what he was saying is. This guy knows how to get Michigan oh, State baby. ready for this <laughs> <Yeah>. game, <laughs> right? Which I, you know, knowing the history of the series, that's that's yeah. pretty much how it's worked out, right? Yeah. And it's funny because it's like it's something everyone's always known. Like we've always known this, but that I think is the first time I can. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the first time I remember a Michigan coach being like, "Look, this guy will take anything he can get and turn it into jet fuel for you know something that hasn't been operational," and so. The, the the theme of the day for Jim Harbaugh, and I suppose anytime he talks to anybody this week, will be high on high alert for mm-hmm. anything and everything. And that's, you know, that's not just, I don't think, about the trick plays, um, you know, because obviously Michigan State, Mark Antonio has been famous for those over the years, whether it be in the Michigan game or in other games. But I think it's the, we're on high alert for anything, because whatever they've done in the previous, you know, eight games, nine games, whatever it is by now, Truly is irrelevant in a game like this. We saw this, Austin, you weren't here, but in 2016, 
Michigan was undefeated, number two in the country, and Michigan State was horrible. I mean, they were worse than this, believe it or not. And the line was like minus 24. And everybody that week was like, this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a blowout. I think one person, I can't remember who it was. Now it's going to bother me. But somebody picked, like, this is going to be a close game and Michigan's going to win. And that were, they were the only ones that were right. And we all, I remember leaving there that day being like, I am never going to pick Michigan to blow out Michigan State. I'm never going to do it. As long as D'Antonio is still here. Uh, and it's just, it's it, he has a way of finding, you know, Mark D'Antonio that we've gotten used to has that way. Mark D'Antonio, as he sits in current mode today, I'm not so sure, but that's another conversation, maybe for another podcast. But I think it's being on alert for the best that they possibly have plus five. And that's, you just have to be. And I think it's taken Michigan many years of the Mark D'Antonio era to get to that. But I feel like they're kind of there now where they're like, all right, we have to take this super serious or we're going to get embarrassed. So you were in East Lansing on Saturday to see another horrifying Michigan State last second loss on a touchdown pass by Brandon Peters, former Michigan quarterback, (laughs) yeah. Uh, In a game that Michigan State was ahead, what, 28-3? to 28-0. 28-0. I was joking with Colton. I said, um, I was like, Lovey Smith's got him right where he wants him. I've seen this movie before. Because what was it in Illinois or in Champaign? Michigan was down 28, or up 28-3, I think it was? or It was very similar, yeah. Maybe it was 28-3 for Illinois. Or, I'm sorry, I think Michigan State was up 28-3. Michigan was up 28 nothing. Okay. Either yes, way. Yes, you're right. I was yeah, like, right. Lovey might have nothing in And Illinois, I was just yeah. kind of joking, but yeah. <laughs> they come right back. So, so uh, I guess the question is, and, and you kind of brought this up, that yep. Mark D'Antonio has had a way in this game to find it uh, but does he still have that? Does he still have that touch? Uh, you know, is is this Michigan State thing you know past the point of, of salvaging that, or is is this what it comes down to for Michigan State? Is this is the last chance to you know dig deep and, yeah. and find something here? And if they're not going to find it here, they're yeah. not going to find it anywhere. I think he still has that ability to get to get his guys um, ready to play and ready to go and ready to believe that they can do this and think positive uh, and all those things because. You know, I think we saw that the Illinois game is a great example of that for Michigan State. Illinois is not very good, but I mean, they just got done with a three-game stretch of at or I'm sorry, at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, home against Penn State. They got housed in all three of those games, really beat up bad. And then they came out to start the Illinois game, and it looked like a different team in terms of mindset, and they're fresh, and they're running around and flying around and playing football. And then the minute one thing goes wrong, it the bottom falls out. And what's more than that. In years past, when D'Antonio's maybe had an ability to... I think there's two things there. One, when he was beaten up on Brady Hoke, he had better teams. They were better. Like, that was... Uh, there was a myth there that D'Antonio was beating Michigan with, like, a worse team. They were better. And just... I mean, they went to the playoff in uh, the, the first year of Jim Harbaugh, but 2014, they were very good. 13, they were very good. They were better. And 11, they were very good. Same thing. So, a lot of those years, they were just the better team. They were better coached. They were... They had better players uh, in some instances, too, and, and they were just a better overall program. But what he's been able to do in, in the years past and getting people to play above their head has kind of been his signature. And I think he can still probably do that, but the difference here is that I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure given this roster's limitations how much they have in their tank to sort of be able to, what is what does above your head look like, you know? Yeah. like and, and what is everything you got plus a little bit more is that still even enough at this point to compete with a team like this? And that's sort of where I'm landing at here with when I look at this game because Michigan has its own issues, to be sure, but Michigan State's are much greater, and it's just it's hard right now to, to look at this game and, and, and say, boy, I think it'll be a toss-up at the end. It wouldn't shock me, but it's like, it's one, you know what I'm saying? It's, I'm rambling here, but it's one of, <laughs> it's one of those type of things. Yeah, well, 
I mean, obviously, there was no Michigan game on on Saturday. Michigan's had a bye week, uh, you know, which probably hit at a good time for them in terms of being able to just uh, you know take a step yeah. back and get get focused for this last this last run here. Um, Michigan State did have a game, obviously, and right. you know, I think watching that game, the thing that the thing that I kept coming back to is, uh, you know, what what has happened to this Michigan State defense? I mean, I thought Michigan right. State was. You know, you knew that offensively, uh, Michigan State could have some challenges this yep. year. Uh, but that defense was supposed to be, uh, you know, one of the right. best defenses in the country. And you know, you got Illinois there, I mean, moving right down the field. And you know, Illinois needed to put together a drive to win the game. They get the big completion on on fourth yep. down. What happened to this Michigan State defense from your perspective? Yeah, I think it's been a mixture of a lot of things. Number one, you look at that last week's game, Joe Bocci, and the linebacker, of course, is is ineligible due to a PED test, which is it's been one of those years for Michigan State where it's been one thing after another. That was the latest. That was a problem, so he's not in there. But to your point, it had been sort of trending in this direction, even with him on the field against like better quality teams. You know, Michigan State's front seven this year was expected to be possibly dominant, right? You had Raekwon Williams... Uh, Mike and Jacob Panashuk and Kenny Willekes as their defensive linemen, all returning players, uh, all really, really good football players. Um, you know, Raekwon and Willekes and Mike Panashuk are some of the best defensive linemen you're going to see in college football. Uh, and you had Bocce behind him with, you know, a guy like Antoine Simmons, who was kind of growing up and maybe becoming a guy who could fill in a spot at linebacker. So you thought, okay, the front seven is going to be great. Josiah Scott is a cornerback that's supposed to be a shutdown corner. They did graduate Kari Willis. They did lose Justin Lane, uh, another corner. So you thought, okay, well, they probably got enough to mitigate that and keep themselves in at least being like the traditional, they're really, really good and really hard to move the ball against. And it looked like it was going that way. But I think what happened was, is you saw a couple of games where the offense sabotaged them again. Mm-hmm. And, man, those things pile up on you. And it's just, it's, I think mentally it drains, even the mentally tough, it drains them. And, you know, the Ohio State game was a great example. They, they go to Columbus. They go down there. The first quarter, the defense is just, I mean, lights out. They're playing uh, as, as good as you can ask them to play, and they get nothing to show for it. And then so the second quarter, one thing goes the other way, and it's just an avalanche. And that, to me, has been kind of the – there's been this frustration. And not, not, that they're, not that I don't think that the team doesn't get along or something, but there's been this frustration of, like, how many more times is this going to happen? And now you see in a game like this where it flips because in a game like this you get 526 yards. Yeah, they turn the ball over four times, but I mean, even with all that, you still should have been able to get off the field and stop Illinois, and they didn't do it. And then, so I think it's a team that's very, very emotionally unstable is what I've kind of landed on in terms of my terms here because they're not, they're just not one hand isn't doing with the other. They're trying too hard. Everyone's pressing, and it's just been a big, you know, kind of a busted up hornet's nest and. Uh, that's what it's felt like. What's been your read uh, being in the room with Mark D'Antonio this season? I mean, yep. he's, just, he's had some kind of weird moments. You know, after that was after the Wisconsin uh-huh. game where he uh, said the dumbass, dumbass question, question. Yeah. yeah, line when you know a legit question about yes. their offensive staff that everybody's been asking. You know, from from the get go, is what exactly was going on with you know just reshuffling the, the same the same guys on their offensive staff. Uh, you know, he. Uh, what was the exchange after this game? Yeah, Somebody this asked him about uh, what he would say yeah, to the fans and the, yeah, about your future, about the yeah. future of this place. And I think it was the the question again, fair question, because it was, is this uh, is this an aberration or is this just what you guys are? 
And tough question, of course, but also yeah. fair. And, you know, he said, next question. Just passed it along and moved on with it. But, I mean, really, when we look at it and we say 2015, they won the Big Ten title. That was the last time they won the title. And they're 15 and 18 in Big Ten games since then. Three and nine, 10 and three, seven and six, now four and five. Looks like the 10 and three in the middle there was the aberration. And this is kind of the, the norm. And, you know, Mark Antonio is a pretty. Most football coaches are stubborn. I think mm-hmm. we can say that, right? He's won a lot of games. He's done things at Michigan State that I don't think anyone thought was going to be possible. Uh, he's taken them to different heights. I'm not sure it was ever really fully sustainable in that way. And I think that he's having a hard time seeing what the next step is here. Whether that is if he's going to be the coach, what that means in terms of you got to make some decisions about who's with you. Mm-hmm. If you want to do this, Anymore, if you want to keep coaching, I think that's something he's. I mean, Michigan State does not seem ready to fire this person. I mean, this is Bill Beekman told the Lansing State Journal last week, uh, not even not even on the table. Of course, athletic directors say that all the time, and things change. But he doesn't seem to know, at least outwardly. Um, I think he thought they were going to be good this year. I really, do. I mean, and, and they're not. Are you crushing it at work? Are you laser focused on beating that boss level? It doesn't mean you shouldn't eat. DoorDash can help you get your next meal from your favorite restaurants in minutes. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat. Your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order, $15 or more, when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code RPM. It's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store, enter promo code RPM. Don't forget, that's promo code RPM for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Yeah, I mean, thinking back to Big Ten Media Days, uh, he he came out pretty strong at Big Ten Media Days, wearing the cufflinks, talking about the Rose Bowl, uh, talking about Big Ten Championships, uh, which I thought at the time maybe smacked a little bit of, not desperation exactly, but... Try to talk himself into it. Yeah, exactly. Like knowing that there was a little bit of heat Mm -hmm. going into this season and really wanting to kind of get out in front of it Mm -hmm. uh, and and really let people know that they weren't going to be happy with mediocrity. Like we're not coming into this season saying, you know, hey, we went to that Red Box Bowl last year, (laughs) scored six points, and we're happy with that. Like, uh, but by any way you look at it, kind of gotten worse uh, and that's yeah. that's kind of a tough spot to be in it's one of those things I think that happens when you either when you misjudge your roster mm-hmm. when you misjudge your capability of what maybe your team has and doesn't have I mean he's talked so much this year about you know there's no magic plays here we run the same things we've always run we maybe they look a little bit different but guys got to go execute so a lot of this has been and I, I mean shoot I've seen this here at Michigan. I mean, I saw it during the Brady Oak tenure when a lot of times it was, we're Michigan. This is what we do. This is how we do things. This is how things are done. And you're telling that to players that never really experienced that. Mm -hmm. And D'Antonio is in that territory now. Most of the guys on his team that are playing have never been on a team anywhere close to the best teams that he had when they had whatever mixture they had to be winning titles. And he's trying to rely on that as you know, just do what we're asking you to do and it'll be fine. <laughs> it's just like you're you're telling it to the wrong crowd. You're not reading in the room. So um I don't know. He keeps he keeps talking about, you know, how tough are we? He keeps asking these hypothetical or these uh, you know the rhetorical questions. Yeah. And I'm just like, I think we have our answer. <laughs> you know, like it just hasn't been very good. Um but you know in terms of this game, you know, matchup wise, you know, it's it's interesting because 
I mean, I guess we'll get more into this on Thursday, but like it's it's hard to see where that's going to come from on the other mm-hmm. side. And Michigan, for its own self, is not a perfect football team. They are not a team, especially offensively, that I think we can sit here and say, "Boy, they're going to go out and put forty five on any." You know, I don't think so. That's going to be a challenge no matter what. But uh, it's it's a tall order for Michigan State right now. I mean, there's a lot going on there. They really needed to win that Illinois game and not have that end the way it ended. Yeah, have, have uh, you seen a spread on the Michigan Michigan State? Game? Well, I think it opened at 12, twelve and a half, and I, a lot of people said they thought that was too low, and I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think of, that's yeah. yeah, like you said, you know, uh, in this game, it's just yeah. you kind of you you expect somehow it's going to be close. Like it's it's hard to at this point if you look at where these two teams yeah. are at, you say, well, Michigan is significantly better, but somehow it always ends up being a game that does go down to the wire. And I yeah. guess uh, the thing that the the question is. So if that if that happens, if this does turn into you know a classic twelve to ten Michigan Michigan State game, how does it happen? What does Michigan State have to do? What does Michigan not do? Is it just a case of you know Michigan's offense has has been on a little bit of a hot streak here, but it feels a little bit tenuous still? Yeah. You know, could could we see a game where Michigan's offense comes out and looks kind of like they did early in the year and all of a sudden you're in a close game with Michigan My State. guess would be that we see a game similar to what w- happened last year and that Michigan went into that game, uh, maybe not as much, but but last year Michigan went into that game fully aware that Brian Lewerke was basically injured mm. and playing with a bum shoulder and could not throw the ball. And they knew, even if he was healthy, um, Michigan State wasn't going to be able to move the ball against them. So their game plan in a rainstorm was if we just don't turn it over and we convert what we need to convert, this is going to be an easy day. And that got a little complicated because they did have some turnovers and they missed some field goals. But by and large, they didn't take a lot of chances through the year. It was a lot of you know trying to manufacture drives and churn through drives and possess the ball and um, get off the field as soon as possible on defense and just – own field position, and I think that that's what you look at when you look at this game. When you're when you're Michigan playing against a team like this, Michigan State's going to want to flip that. They're going to want to get Michigan in situations where they're backed up and they're playing deep, and maybe they make a mistake and screw it up and turn it over down on the ten, and they get an easy score. That's Michigan State football. That's been Michigan State football for ten years. That's how they. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let special teams be a factor. You know, play mistake free. You know, Michigan State's got to play a perfect game here. That's you know, I think Michigan knows that, and I think that the Michigan's plan for the most part, I think, will be something along those lines. And I don't think they're going to have a problem with, you know, we win this game twelve ten, we win the game. Who cares? You know, yeah. it's, it's what it is. But I think that's where it comes into. It's been interesting, you know, the Mark D'Antonio, Jim Harbaugh dynamic over the years. You know, not two guys that are exchanging Christmas cards, not two guys that have ever. You know, uh, pretended to be close or anything. Harbaugh's not mm-hmm. close with anybody really outside of his brother and dad. I mean, <laughs> if we're honest. So you know, that's that hasn't been uh, an issue, or that hasn't been something anybody is confused about. But I think what you did hear again today is that Jim Harbaugh and he's Jim Harbaugh said this. I think in the first season at Michigan, that he said Mark D'Antonio has done one of the greatest coaching jobs anywhere ever. Hmm. Uh, his ability to get. Because you, to understand this, Michigan State, when I was growing up, the idea of them in the Rose Bowl was just like, are you kidding me? Like, there's how would that ever happen? Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State would all have to just, like, take a knee and not play for a year. <laughs> you know, and so Harbaugh's respect for D'Antonio as a coach, I think, is un, unquestioned. And I think it's unwavering. I, I don't – I think that he has disagreements with, how, with other things <laughs> about how Michigan State does certain things. 
Uh, but I think his res- but knowing Harbaugh for as long as we've known him now, he has an ability to separate personal from football and and strictly football. I think he respects the hell out of Mark D'Antonio. I think and you saw you saw it today. I mean, it's a guy who's I'm not messing around here. This mm-hmm. is we are on high alert because this guy has. I don't care if he's Owen. Nine. I mean, this is the same guy. As long as he's still standing there, you know, there's an opportunity that, or they'll, and they have an opportunity. It's, it's possible we're going to be in trouble. So, I mean, that that seems pretty clear to me. Yeah, and it was pretty clear that uh, for the most part, the last thing uh, Jim Harbaugh and the last thing Michigan wanted to do was was give uh, Michigan sure, State yeah. any ammunition. Right. That's I mean, always the you challenge. Know, yeah, yeah. You've got a team that's obviously struggling to uh, to put things together. The last thing you want to do is yeah. uh, give them a little bit of an assist and throw them something they can rally around. Right. Uh, but of course, we couldn't quite yeah. get through the day without <laughs> so a little bit of that. So uh, we we got the uh, we got the big brother, little brother uh, thing, little thing. sister. Uh, little yes, that, that might a little, need to get reworked a little bit. Yeah. But, all right. <laughs> not sure that uh, in, in our current era that <laughs> yeah, it's not right. completely politically correct. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Other than other than the fact that you know, for the most part, I, Michigan has has seemed to you know not not be buying into the you know all the uh, the doom and gloom yeah. around Michigan State. But I, that could be you know that could be the trap from Michigan's perspective. Is you look yes. at this Michigan State team and just say, God, they can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, they can't get it together. They're, this team is just snake bit. Yeah. Um, but but Michigan seems to you know to to be fully aware of of, of what Michigan State can do and uh, you know and, and I mean there's no chance in a rivalry game anyway that you ever overlook anybody but if that right. if that yeah. you know slim possibility did exist that's that does not seem to be happening. but yeah I think it's the it's the it's the level of you really need to make sure that all T's are crossed and, mm-hmm. and things like that I mean that that seems and not that that isn't already happening always anyway but he did say you know you are on alert for the weird stuff mm-hmm. in this game because it's happened and it's happened throughout his career. I mean, I mean, D'Antonio's got more nicknames for trick plays that have won them games, you know, than I can even remember <laughs> or count. I mean, that's just been his legacy of a guy who's able to, you know, just find a way. I mean, that 2017 game they played here, it was a rainstorm. It was horrible weather. And that was a great example of Michigan state doing what they always do. Just sort of, you know, find two or three opportunities, make those plays when those two or three, two or three opportunities arise, and then just go into a shell and make sure that you can't do anything. So just suffocate you defensively. You're not going to breathe. And then offensively, hey, we'll ride out of here with 150 yards. I don't care. We're winning the game. It doesn't matter to us. You know, there's no frustration there at that point. So, um, you know, they've always been able to come into these games with a pretty clear game plan of what they want to do, what they want to accomplish. And in the years where they had equal or better, I mean, some some of those years they had better talent. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. I mean, in 2011, uh, 2013, 2014, I mean, Michigan had some younger players in that game that maybe maybe ended up being better. But you know, the the, the narrative back then was Michigan State's playing over its head, and Michigan is playing down to its competition. And it's like you look at it now, and you're like, no, Michigan State was just better. They were, mm-hmm. and, and now at this point, you know, it's the opposite way. But uh, you're still concerned, probably, that maybe Mark Antonio has enough left in the bag to pull one of these rabbits out. But boy, I just you know that's that's hard for me to to guess. I mean, we're looking at that box score there, and it's just you know turnovers, sloppiness. I mean, Michigan State's got all the symptoms of a team that is just spiraling. And uh, if this was early October and we were seeing this, I, I would be more maybe willing to buy that they can pull this out of the out of the fire. But this is it's mid November and. 
we're still talking about these things and it's been now it's been a multitude of different things that have gotten them and so uh it's tough it's tough to see that that ends up being anything that it's not but if you're michigan the last thing you want to do like you said is <laughs> is take them lightly and yeah and be embarrassed because i mean i think they know too right like you got to live in this state you lose a game like this you got to live here <laughs> oh yeah and that's hard and they lost that when they lost that game on the punt the first year mm-hmm. i mean that if that doesn't change a coach i don't know what would and so if you're Jim Harbaugh, well, now Mark Antonio really has your attention on that mm-hmm. one, right? Uh, and then in 17, you lost that game, and they had to live with it all year. It's miserable for them. And I think you saw a lot of that emotion spill out in the Devin Bush thing last year. And um, obviously we talked a little bit about that today, I guess. But, yeah, Michigan's they're here for the rivalry now. There was always the thing. I mean, I know you're from different parts of the country. I'm sure you can relate, though. It's that rivalry where one side really wanted it to be a oh, rivalry, yeah. and the other mm-hmm. said, no, we're too good for you. Well, no, they're all at the table now. So... I think that we saw that last year where Harbaugh took that approach of they want you know they ran over and grabbed the trophy the Paul Bunyan trophy and celebrated it with on the field and he made a point to say after the game that you know when I played here this was a locker room trophy we did not bring this on the field but when they started winning them they brought them on the field so we're gonna do it too so mm-hmm. hey like we're here we want you want this to be a game we're here mm-hmm. for it we're not gonna act like it's not and let's see what you got and I think that that's where the rivalry's at right now it's always been a very petty you know food fight of a rivalry but. <laughs> That's where it's at today. Yeah, anytime somebody talks about, you know, it, it's dangerous to play a team that's desperate. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guarantee you if you give them the choice, like, would you rather play Michigan State that's 4-5 and five, or would you rather play Ohio State that's annihilating everybody? Yeah, right. Like, I'll go ahead and take my chances yeah, with the desperate team. Yeah, like, right. I, I feel a little yeah. bit better about yeah. that one. Uh, so, I, you know, I guess, I guess we'll find out. Like, Michigan's going to see both sides of that, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, in a way, you know, it's... It's nice from Michigan's perspective. Nobody would ever probably admit this, uh, but the Ohio State series, not a lot to brag about yeah. there lately. Right. Probably nice to have this Michigan State series yeah. where whatever happens, you know, in that last game of the year, if Ohio State comes mm-hmm. in here as a juggernaut uh, and wins that game by thirty again, yeah, you uh, still got this. You still, you still got the Spartans, man. <laughs> if I mean, this would be three out of four for Jim Harbaugh. I think if they get it today. And if not, it's really weird. It's weird how these things work, right? Because it's two and two right now. But it would also be for Harbaugh, it'd be three out of four. But if you lose it, you're still 500 against Mark Antonio. So it's just like, it's one of these weird uh, situations. But this, I don't know, this is always an awkward rivalry. It's not awkward. It's It's a visceral rivalry about two different, you know, sets of people who one thinks that their life is. You know, they lead their life better than the other, and the other thinks that that's BS. Yeah. And that's how this thing kind of goes. It's the true epitome of. The uh, the backyard, the uh, you know the neighborhood thing. The, everybody's here on the same. You all have to share the same office, the same space, and you have to live together. And that's why it's for Michigan. It's always been interesting because you know they have this here with Michigan State, who doesn't have another rival that even comes close mm-hmm. to to Michigan, and they've never shied away from that. And then Ohio State on the other side doesn't have another rival that's ever come close to Michigan, and they never shared away from that. And then there's Michigan in the middle of that. Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you supposed to do here? Yeah. You know, we we got we got to tell one side that. <laughs> They're, you know, so I think it's just gotten to a point where, you know, they've kind of just gotten back to saying, all right, well, this is, they've got to both be the most important thing we do um, every mm-hmm. time we do them. And, and it's been, and it's an interesting deal. And it's yeah. also something I've always wondered about because Ohio State doesn't have a Michigan State. Yeah. A know, weird little uh, hate triangle there. You can it really is. It, yeah. Ohio State doesn't have split, there's no split loyalties in the uh-huh. state of Ohio, you know, so it's always been an interesting back and forth. But mm-hmm. um, this was a pretty tame day, though, I will say, also Monday. This was, we didn't hear any. 
fireworks. Only only Ambry Thomas, right? Where he, yeah, he was, was it. He was but otherwise, the only guy who kind of deviated from the company line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, one more thing before we yeah. get out of here, uh, since we can't do a podcast without my child crying in the background. Uh, <laughs> we did get a little bit of news. Uh, Chris yes. Evans apparently uh, is, is, according to Jim Harbaugh, going to be reinstated uh, to the university for the winter term mm-hmm. and uh, will be back on the football team uh, once he is reinstated. What... Uh, what are the implications of that for uh, for next season? Well, I think that's positive for sure. Um, you know, I think Josh. I think a lot of people thought when Josh Gaddis came in, the, one of the first guys they thought about was, "Boy, I think he could do some cool things with Chris Evans." And mm-hmm. I think that that's true. I think that you know, if this works out the way it, Michigan's probably hoping it works out, is that you know, Chris has got his academic stuff straightened out. He'll be back in in school in winter. And then be back with the football team, and you know you'll see. I mean, I, I, we don't know what kind of shape he's kept himself in. I'm sure he's been working, working out on his own, and I think it's been reported that he has, in fact, um, and is trying to do all those things separate from the football team, of course. But you know, this really might work out really well because you've got by not having Chris Evans this year, you had the opportunity to get Hassan Haskins and uh, Zach Charbonnet and Christian Turner going a little bit, and then you add Chris Evans into this. And I've always kind of saw Chris Evans as not a I don't think he was ever going to be a guy that you were going to just rear back and give 22 carries to and let him, you know, kind of be a bell cow. But he's a guy who can play a lot of football in a lot of different areas. So I, I'm interested to see how that works out because I think Josh Gaddis' offense, you could see Chris Evans in the slot. You could see him mm-hmm. in the backfield. You could see him in se- separate situations. Um, I think they would have a lot of fun with him. And he's a, you know, guy that everybody likes. And he's a well-liked guy. He's a, he's a good kid. I don't know what happened uh, in the classroom or whatever there, but um, obviously he's worked hard to get that fixed. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But nothing this year. It's obviously not going to happen. Right. Nothing nothing until the winter term. So I assume that meant, right, like when they get back in January and start winter conditioning, he'll be in school and be able to be a full participant again. So Yeah, I think we touched on this on the last podcast when that was kind of like a possibility. Yeah. But all of a sudden that running back room, like, Don't look know, it's a good problem to yeah. have. Like you got legitimately now... Four yeah. or five guys that, that like, so. need to be involved, yeah. you know, assuming they all stick around and, you know, attrition happens. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you got Charbonnet, Hassan Haskins, Chris Evans, Christian Turner, all of a sudden that looks like a pretty nice running back. Yeah, right? and it's like, you know, I mean, people like to dog on Jay Harbaugh, but, I mean, he's got a decent little situation going here, and there's not anybody in there that you're sitting there saying, like, oh, that's Adrian Peterson's in there or something right. like that, but they've got some nice young talent that's coming along, and I think if you added a guy like Evans in there, that's not gonna hurt anything. I mean, he's a he's a team guy. He's always been, you know, when he was at Michigan previously, it was never. I don't ever remember hearing anything about Chris Evans saying, you know, I want more carries or I want more time, I want more of this, I want more of that. My guess, having been around him, is that he will come in in January um, with the mindset of I have to earn all this all over again, and that's, you know, that's just my guess mm-hmm. of, of how he'll approach it, and I think that's probably what Michigan uh, would probably expect as well, and. Um, Seems like it'd be a positive thing on the on the team in general. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, this was our free show for the week. Thank you for checking out the RPM podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, wherever you listen. Uh, give us a rating and a review, and uh, come back on Thursday. Uh, Nick and I will be back with our subscriber show. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>